Hi and hello. Welcome good friends, better friends, and of course the enemies of the rbr.music podcast. Here you'll find the creator of the rbr.music Instagram page, Jordan Murray, and of course myself, Steve Hurley, taking a deep dive into music documentaries. It's our mission to cut through the noise to discuss the sound and vision. Hello, and on this episode, we're going to be discussing Louis Farouk's recent interview with Pete Doherty. What do you think about it, Jordan? Over to you, mate. Let's get on with the show. Originally rising to fame as the rakish, trilby-wearing co-singer of the Libertines, the band he formed with Carl Barrett in 1997, Doherty was an icon of the sleazy early noughties indie era. But his musical talents and gifts for songwriting was often eclipsed by his substance addiction. Issues and frequent brushes with the law. These days, he now lives a relatively quiet existence in Normandy with his wife. How do you say his na- her name? Katia? Uh, Ka- Katia. Katia. With his wife, Katia, and their young daughter, Billy May. And in this film... He veers between excessive chirpiness and frequently tearful bouts of morose introspection. He has been clean since late 2019. It was a time when he frequently insisted that his most troubled days were behind him. But he also seemed like a man who was, com- who was completely lost, both during live shows with the Libertines and off stage. In November 2019, he he was arrested twice in Paris within the same week. As he explains in this documentary, this final incident marked a turning point and his now wife issued an ultimatum. Get clean or get out. He opted for the former. It makes for moving and upsetting viewing as Doherty recounts how he reached rock bottom. It is also upsetting to compare this version of Doherty with the charismatic likely lad who helped to define Naughty's indie. But this film is also hopeful, as he is clearly in a better place than those dark times, though certain scenes are in keeping with Theroux's immersive style of interviewing. Seeing Doherty perform a Lara Croft-style action hero roll under a fence in order to escape from a cow, watched by Theroux, is a particular unexpected highlight. The majority of the episodes' conversations take place on Doherty's turf, in his home studio. When more uncomfortable questions crop up about his history of addiction, his current health issues, or the unresolved death of Mark Blanco, Doherty has a habit of disappearing behind a gigantic handkerchief. Theroux does not always probe Doherty, whose jolly facade sometimes feels like it's distracting from the parts of himself he's less willing to reveal. He jokes and makes light of how many pieces of Kate Moss memorabilia he's found lying around and performs a chirpier rendition of Can't Stand Me Now for Theroux. 
When he's asked about the inspiration behind the hit and whether it relates to his relationship with bandmate and creative soulmate Carl Barrett, however, he shuts down. Through the band have, though the band have never been tighter, live and seem reinvigorated, there are clear, there are clearly unhealed wounds from the past that Doherty can't quite bear to confront yet. As a consequence, these amusing snippets jar with darker moments. After a worrying, choking episode, he eventually admits that he fears he won't live to see his youngest daughter grow up, and seems visibly very unwell. You are looking at a very sick man, he says. I fucking battered it, didn't I? I caned it. Death's lurking. After barging into his bandmate, Carl Barrett's dressing room, for some cheery pre-show jokes, it becomes clear that the pair have a complicated present-day relationship. Following their difficult past, they both break down in tears as they discuss Doherty breaking in and burgling Barrett's flat. Speaking about the death of Mark Blanco, who died in unclear circumstances after falling from a balcony at a party Doherty also attended. He admits that he did indeed run away from the scene, fleeing past Blanco as he lay dying. Maybe I should have stood my ground and had the balls to flush everything down the toilet and be there when the police came, he says. I never met his mother, Sheila Blanco, but I can understand her anger. And her anger at me is misplaced he says elsewhere. It's also shady and fucked up. By the time we reach Doherty and through frolicking in the sea, we've certainly got to know the indie musician a little better. But unlike Thuru, as he struggles to avoid being chucked under an incoming wave by his latest subject, Pete really gets caught unaware. So that's a synopsis, I suppose, of what we watched. So, where do you want to take it from the start, I presume? We should explain why we've chosen this documentary. Um, we are both in our very, very, very early 40s, and Pete Doherty and the Libertines came about a, a kind of perfect time for you and me. We were late teens, early 20s. It was the turn of kind of a revival of British kind of rock music. Britpop had finished. It was all pop and stuff that wasn't for us. And we always felt that this was the sort of one of the first bands to kind of refresh it. So we have a huge love for the Libertines. Um, you have a, you, you were a big fan yeah. of Pete Doherty as well at the time. Um, Lou Frew is, to anyone who doesn't know who Lou Frew is, he is a huge icon in the UK and I would suggest worldwide as well. Um, he focuses on a slightly softer approach now, journalistic documentary making, but certainly he knows how to approach tough subjects and he's very entertaining in his staunch stillness towards um, his, his subjects. Um, and he's dealt with a lot darker stories than what we, we, we watch within here. And I think also for you and me, given our age, I think it was a really good reflection and look back to a, a bit of time of life that we thoroughly enjoyed would you not agree yeah it was um the sound of our youth they 
although the Libertines didn't make that many albums, they've reformed now. Um, they created, well, they didn't create, they spawned off a lot of other bands that probably got more famous than them. Um, definitely, definitely. So if, for anyone unfamiliar with the Libertines, think of the Ramones where, I mean, they're kind of cults and iconic now, the Ramones, but when they first came out, it's not, it's not that Libertines aren't the music style of the Ramones, but they, the Ramones were underground and they spawned off a load of bands um, like them who got a lot more famous than the Ramones. But um, looking back on rose-tinted glasses, like many people do, uh, Ramones lasted the test of time and, People wear the T-shirt still to this day, and I'm hoping something like that will happen to the Libertines um, because they are yeah, iconic. Uh, the, the the imagery, everything about them is, uh, you know, early noughties rock and roll swagger, really. Yeah, I definitely agree, and I think um, just to sort of you know summarise on that, they they were a band that even if you weren't around in 2002 2003 to catch them you definitely caught them up in 2004 5 6 you know like the, the, i think even if you look at their kind of tv presence from soundtracks they get played on uh british shows like gavin and stacy and that, that keeps them in the mainstream in the sense of like that the, the, they have a, they have a, a life beyond themselves um both p and a version of the libertines continued post the band anyway so we kind of never lost track of them as a collective of musicians. But yeah, they spawned something new in the UK here. Um, and I think anyone who's into indie rock and roll around that time, you, you will have seen or loved or enjoyed everything they've done. And for me, picking this documentary, um, you were the bigger fan of Pete Doherty than I, were, I was back then. Um, I was a bit more of a Carl fanboy. Um, yeah. But... I just love the um, tortured souls of. I just find odd characters. I've got, interesting. I've got to say, I think I prefer. Um, I definitely maybe it's my age, but I prefer an odd character who ages with a little bit of decorum, which I think Pete Doherty could only have aged with decorum. Otherwise, he would have been probably dead. Um, I actually quite like the forty-six, forty-seven-year-old man that he is now. Um, I quite, I quite. Is it 44? Sorry, sorry Pete. 44, I think. Is incorrectly. But I, I kind of really... I think so. Well, it was done last year, so you, um, you might be 45, I kind of but let's like, not nitpick. I, kind of, I definitely warmed in a different way to I did when kind of you were kind of more in favour of him when we were in our 20, early 20s. So, yeah, I think it's... it's, it's, it's and the reason I'm just giving a context to, to anyone listening that it's... It's, it's something that we, 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 we've enjoyed this one. It's not, it's not a labour of blood at all. It's actually been uh, a complete enjoyment of, of uh, watching. I've actually watched this four times now because I love Lou Fru. I think he's fantastic. And when you've got a good content, well, let's, let's listen and enjoy. So, okay, well, let's, let, let's, let's move on with working our way through the documentary. So as, as Jordan said, it, it starts with Pete meeting uh, Louis. They're in France. There's a change of direction from the Pete Doherty we're all left with. And we're seeing this um, middle-aged man 
Um, slightly changed his image in visually. He doesn't quite look like he did when we remember him as a skinny. Ex- exactly. But exactly. who does? Um, who he, does? He, is, he definitely. Um, I, I I said to you though we were chatting about this before though. I actually I quite like like that progression and like people do age and they're not the twenty somethings that they once were and I actually think that. No, he is of he is of yeah. a larger build, um, but I still think he wears the same clothes that he used to, just in, yeah. in a larger style. I mean, he's still. I, I mean, I, the leather jackets I, have gone, I, I suppose. I, and I don't get the impression of Pete's stuff like that, but... The Fred yeah, Perry T-shirts and, and the trilby is still there. Once jet black, now slightly mottly grey, kind of shaggy haircut. He's he's grown a bit of a French style moustache. He he, he he does look. Like you know, he looks pretty pretty cool still, and I don't think Pete Pete Doherty would care one jot that he's uh, gained any form of weight. And actually, the weight that he has gained is is clearly a change of lifestyle. The that is obviously of a healthier, just um, you know, sort of output than it than it previously was. He's replaced. He's replaced. Yeah, he's replaced substance abuse, as in narcotics, with well, he's, he's, fruit, he does, he does food say, and ale. He refers I suppose. To, as you joke before, um, refers to um, uh, butter. Um, I think he's referring to drug hiding. Is actually what he's saying when he's referring to butter. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, in yeah, case he ever yeah, got arrested, yeah, yeah, he'd have yeah. um, basically some form of wrapped drugs buttered up his bum and um, he said that he jokes that now he's in France he's had the best butter ever and he'd never waste it on that um, which I thought was interesting and he, he jokes about sugar in his tea so I mean I think what's very clear to start with is we, we left an extreme young 20 something man that most people would remember and I still think there's a uh, an addictive soul in his 40s now it's just he's switching his vices from and uh, you know uh, I suppose that's fairly normal you have to you have to make some changes if you're a heroin addict, which he is probably one of the most open and exposed heroin addicts I've ever heard of. Would you agree? Um, Keith Richards is quite open about yeah. it. Ronnie Wood. Um, put, what's the put, Black Sabbath fella? Ozzy Osbourne's quite open about you put, it. You're putting him in fa- fairly um, high steed there as a, as a rock star kind of... Uh, <laughs> Well, he he reminds me. He reminds me of those sort of characters that I've just named. But in the early nineties, with um, and still to this day, I suppose, with magazines all about what a person's drinking, like what coffee they're drinking, and what just all of celebrity news and the internet. The 70s stars, 60s and 70s and 80s stars, I suppose, and 90s stars, um, rock stars, had the look of not getting the paparazzi all over them all the time. And it wasn't spread over. So like Led Zeppelin, Jimmy Page and people like that, they all were doing heroin and it wasn't it was seen more mystical and you never saw the bad side of it with Pete Doherty. You saw him at his honeymoon period of getting wasted, still being able to make music and then falling apart. It was, it was a car crash. You couldn't take your eyes from. 
And actually, to fast track slightly, and we'll, we'll probably circle back around to this later on, but it, it was certainly interesting to hear that one of his saddest views back on himself was his mum telling him that I think someone maybe had died on heroin or you know uh, certainly had an issue with heroin, and he didn't know them. They were just someone who had been fed back a fan, a fan and uh, basically done it because Pete did it. And I think that's terribly unfair on an individual's psyche. I think, you know, Pete Doxy's clearly a fairly fairly well-balanced individual now. And he does say to himself that if he was to think about it more, maybe he would deny it a little bit more. But ultimately, you know, we're all in charge of our own lives, right? And I think one thing that this documentary definitely shows is Pete Doxy does not hide away from anything that he has done. I don't think he remembers a lot of things that he's done, but I don't think he hides away from the memories that he does know. I think talking honestly and openly about his current relationship and his, his new wife, there's an honesty towards her because they've worked together. He, I think she was within his entourage and he, he, he didn't hide who he was, but he certainly didn't encourage the behaviours. And I think that's... It's quite interesting to see that he had that awareness of himself then and maybe that was later on, you know, sort of maybe he's heading through his kind of chaos stage, but certainly he was aware that he wanted to not maybe fully reveal the troubles that he had with drugs. Newsly, the all-in-one super app for iOS and Android. How does Newsly work, I hear you ask? Well, it picks up the most trending articles on the web on topics that you choose and at any given moment reads them out in a natural human voice. For the first time ever, the entire web becomes listenable and all in one place. Browse articles from topics that you choose and start playing. Stop scrolling and start listening. You can follow topics such as sport, tech, business, science, or even music. They have a podcast as well. Explore trending podcasts from over 80 countries. Our podcast, the rbr.music podcast, is there too. I've started using it as my default podcast app, and they even have digital radio. So download and start using Newsly for free from www.newsly.me in the description. And if you use the promo code, that's R-B-R-M-U-S you'll receive one month free premium subscription. Go and give it a go. We've met and certainly enjoyed seeing Katia and Billy May and Pete Doherty at a certain stage of his life. The documentary then does flip back to a flashback to his kind of I suppose the heroin telling and the the gigging, the 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 height of the libertines, and you can see this very energetic on stage um, indie boy who is definitely going to head up a massive movement, be it music or the other, because I think the other being, you know, definitely a cult world that Pete would have had follow him. I feel when he's talking to Louis and they set themselves in the backdrop of studio, as you said, on a, a, a maroon Chesterfield, it's all very artesian, um, but he sits there talking and I actually find that 
he's quite funny in his reflection towards some of his chaos. Would you agree, Jordan? Yeah, he's... Um, but like us, well, especially me, um, I've hit the dizzying heights of 40 years old recently. And looking back at my misspent youth, it feels like a different person. And I think to him, it feels like a, mis- a misspent youth. It f- and to him, it feels like a different person. He looks at um, when he's collecting the awards and he's saying, I can barely stand up. Look at me. I, well, he doesn't even want to watch it at first. Um, and that's that's lucky for, like I said, famous people, even people that aren't famous, that there wasn't social media back then and all these cameras um, to catch them looking yeah. like hell. And there's parts where he does joke about it and there's other parts where he can't believe it was actually him. I think there's a lot of that. I think there's a um, in many different levels, actually, and, and layers. I think there's a lot of, and again, possibly because of a broken memory. You know, we've all, you know, <laughs> if we, I'm not saying we've all done heroin, we've all had, you know, alcohol and times where you forget t- things that have gone on and, and and cloudy memories and stuff. And I think maybe Pete has a decade of cloudy memories. Like, you, you know, just by the way he talks and I, I even feel some of the conversations that he has about um, Kate Moss and drugs. Famously, if anyone doesn't know, Pete Doherty had a very, very well um, headlined relationship. Documented. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was, it was sort of like it, they, they were the... The alternative Brit couple, weren't they? Like it was Pete Doherty and, and Kate Moss and, 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 and famous images. Posh and Becks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, David Beckham and Posh Spice. It was the flight. Like, when was that? Was that the 90s, I suppose? A bit, so. yeah, and then, yeah, a bit earlier, but yeah. Yeah. So they were the clean cut um, couple. And then it was. Um, yeah, Kate Moss and Pete Doherty. Well, at the time, and I suppose there'll, there'll be versions of this as you go back through the decades, of course, there will be. But, you know, you've probably got the most famous model in the world at the time. Um, uh, a very well-spoken, uh, pretty British model. And then basically the, the sort of, the, the you know, the, the prince of rock and roll, really. Uh, you know, very much someone who was kind of uh, causing causing chaos on and off stage. So he had this relationship, but he has these memoirs and these few bits dotted around his studio and and, and, and Louis goes and explores them. And I don't actually enjoy that. I felt it was a little bit staged. Like we had to know that Kate Moss was part of it. And of course we need to know Kate Moss was part of Pete Doherty's past if you didn't know that by, by telling the story. But it was a bit odd. I, I didn't personally feel it was a, a great bit of, bit of TV. It didn't need to be. And I also don't feel that Pete Doherty, I feel like he enjoys telling the story, but actually he's probably a bit uncomfortable telling it at the same time. Does that make sense? Is uncomfortable. Well, wouldn't you be uncomfortable to talk about your exes on live TV? Yeah, but I probably wouldn't have like her name in a suitcase in the studio in France. Where I uh, that probably... Yeah, he did mention that that was just that Louis just randomly has found that and he didn't plant it there. I, 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 one thing I will say, and and I, 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 again, I'm not discrediting Pete Doherty in his delivery of who he is because I think it's fairly open and honest. This I do feel 
Pete Doherty has an element of stage like show and 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 that's fine because he's a performer but like was it part of the performance of the documentary that we would stumble across some memoirs some memories some 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 memorabilia uh, memorabilia of Kate Moss <laughs> do you know what I mean is that am I being harsh yeah. skeptical maybe say again sorry am I being skeptical or harsh I, I I'd probably say I'm being skeptical I think it's fairly a fairly decent observation to go Okay, that's fine. It's almost like we think Louis Fru's not asked him about Kate Moss until he finds something that's he Kate finds Moss related. It. Yeah, Which but is... I'm sure he would have brought it up, or else, you know, it's a yeah. huge part of who the, yeah, the who early the, yeah. noughties uh, vibe, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, but I think when we were talking before, one thing that, and we'll come back round to this later, but I'm not. I don't know. I, I there's a little bit of me that feels. We knew we know more about Pete Doherty than Louis possibly. It annoyed me. So I'm a fan of um, Louis Theroux, and the shows I watched him do in the '90s, the documentary shows, be it the far right in America, be it porn stars in America, <laughs> quite a lot of things in America, really, uh, Scientology and stuff. He'd done his research and he knew how to get under people's skin and he knew a lot about the subject matter. So he's walking down, Louis Theroux and Pete Doherty are walking from Pete Doherty's hotel room to his Carl Barrett's uh, hotel room and they bump into the drummer of uh, the Libertines who says hello and Louis Theroux just smiles as if, oh, that must be a fan or something. And Pete says, that's our drummer. And then all of a sudden, Louis becomes more interested. And I'm like, was that stage for Louis? Like yeah. he wanted a bit of um, kickback from Pete saying, or was it he actually didn't know he was in the band? It just seemed really confused. And I'm like, if you're doing something about Pete, surely you know yeah, you should I know the band members. Yeah, and particularly, I mean, Gar Gary's quite a well-known drummer within the Libertines um, sort of Jerry uh, Pretty Things indie rock world. Like, he's, he's, he's yeah, got he's his very own style. He's, he's very he's quite educated well, he's, man. Um, when you hear him talk. And, it, and, and he has this kind of like, he has a quirky, awkward persona as well. So, like, he's a man that you'd recognise on stage. And I know when I went to go and see the Dirty Pretty Things um, in the mid two thousands, like, <laughs> like it was like yeah. Gary, Gary, like, like everyone, like it's quite, it's quite well loved. So, for 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 it not to be picked up on that, and I think there's a few occasions that 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 does happen. And and again, I think the documentary would struggle to work if it wasn't Pete Doherty. And as someone who's watched the entire series of this loop, well, that's a difficult sort of thing. That is a difficult. That's it's not a good point you've made. If someone has no idea about the Libertines, has no idea about Pete Doherty, I, it's such a confusing documentary. I've just thought of that now when you said it wouldn't really work. Yeah, it wouldn't work if someone was like, "Oh, I like Louis through. I've got no idea about Pete Doherty." The questions get asked, but it doesn't get dug any deeper. He listens to him, and he doesn't try and catch him off guard. I, he doesn't try and learn any more. 
he's just like, oh, right, which annoys me. And, and what I would say to that as well is it, it, in this series of, there's a, it's, it's, it's two, um, well, so far it's, it's two um, series back to back, I think 12 episodes in total. I wouldn't say Lou Frew's like this on many of the others. So I don't know, maybe, I mean, there's been a lot of talk that Pete Doherty has this constant allure and uh, maybe maybe off camera and what, what we see is a little bit different to what was kind of happening around. Maybe just Pete Doherty owned owned the the, the, the room more than, than maybe Louis normally would have done. And because of who he is and... I don't care what anyone says. Uh, Lou Fru must be in his early 50s. He looks great, by the way. I don't know if he is. Maybe he's, he's, he's younger or old. I don't know. But he, he's definitely of an era where, like, like my dad's in his mid-60s and he's very aware who Pete I might just was. be making like your dad. But I'm pretty sure Doherty. Louis Thru's into hip-hop. <laughs> so, no, but, 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 he, it's, it's, but, but the thing, thing about Pete Doherty is Pete Doherty is bigger than yeah of genre yeah okay yeah yeah he he's he's he is a keith richards he is a mick jagger like he belongs within that kind of like iconic status and as you said before you know he is the you know the kiss t-shirt of the mid-2000s that 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 is you know we've all seen asos or top shop or whatever put those t-shirts out we we know he's part of that so i, I kind of felt there's a little bit and i love lou Fru, by the way i don't want anyone to think i don't he there's a little bit of i i don't know if he's playing the game and letting pete just be or is pete kind of taking the lead and that's something that i picked up on because Pete refers to his kind of drug past very often. Well, this is it. This is I it. Think, like, um, this is less about the glory days, though, and more the inglorious chaos around Doherty's long-standing relationship with hard drugs. It, like the whole mm. thing seems to be about. He kind of misses it, but he kind of doesn't. Well, there's there's a real discreet sort of nod to. Obviously, you know, we 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 talked about kind of Pete joking about sugars in his tea, and um, he, you know, you you said at the very start that he refers to a very unwell man. He caned it, as he says, but actually, there's there's other nods to. I don't know. He sort of he he refers to Margate as a bad place where he was obviously messing around with the wrong crowd, and France was his escape. You know, he talks about mm-hmm. his... Um... Much like Jim Morrison, may I add, yeah. who ran away. He didn't run away. He moved to France because he couldn't... America was ruining him. Exactly. And I'm sure there would be similarities with a lot of rock stars. But, you know, Pete's in a very... If, if no one knows France, um, Normandy is a very northern part, um, a coast a, a, a coast town of... Well, a coast area, sorry, of France. He lives in a very, very quaint town... It feels very seasidey, but not sort of resorty. You know, it, it's almost like he's taken Margate and pulled it out of England, put it in France, but like all well behaved. Mm-hmm. They've bought and renovated a, what looks like quite a small, modest little um, uh, property. It might be huge. You don't you don't see a huge amount of it, but it doesn't look huge. They don't they don't show the, ex- no. the expansive nature of it. 
Um, he probably doesn't want anyone to recognise yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, which is fair enough. But you'll have fans tipping. But there's no, there's no point in Pete Doherty. I, I, I would be surprised if he did this. He's not. Li- I mean, he must have earned a fair amount of cash from his music career. He's not, and, and obviously maybe he's blown a lot of it. Or, and pissed it up the wall. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> on his drugs. But, but he's, he's obviously. I mean, look. You know, he he chose a life that he, he he wants, and they're walking around their little town in, in Normandy, and I think he's kind of. You see these little, you know, these French sculptures and and wood carvings and stuff, and like you, you, you sort of you sort of see a bit of him. I almost feel that he is the person now that he wanted to be when he was quoting um, "Suicide in the Trenches" at that awards do. Like he's become yeah. his mm. own indie version of himself, and there's a little bit of me that sort of loves that because, in theory. Anyone 15, 20 years ago watching Pete Doherty probably would have said, this guy's going to, he's going to be a rock star story. He's part of the 27 Club and he's not. He's in his 40s and he's now got a little baby. He's got a a new wife and he's settling down. And I like that twist in in the Pete Doherty story. I think it's quite good. And one thing we've talked about with regards to, when we're watching documentary, we want to talk about the visual, and I think we've we've agreed it isn't a fantastic visual. This documentary, Lou Fru isn't well known for like beautiful spectacles of, of filmmaking. He, he he's all about journalistic delivery, um, but it definitely is a great story. Not end, but mid end, if that makes sense. We're we're now seeing Pete Doherty later on in life, and actually. I'm a bigger fan now of Pete Doherty than I was back then. However, saying all of that, you referred to it before when we ran into Gary. They're at the Secret Garden Festival back in the UK. And you can see maybe drugs aside or heroin aside and, and everything else. Um, there's definitely the old band back doing what they do. They're performing. It's seemingly fairly chaotic which they were quite well known for when their live performances jordan you've seen them live a couple of times right yeah yeah i think um it's a difficult one because they're older and do you still want them to act like the shambolic falling apart at the seams wild ass indie boys of the early noughties or do you want to see them a bit more refined and concentrating on them the delivery of the music a bit better. Yeah. Um, it is hard, like, because, you know, Rolling Stones, Mick Jagger still dances like he did. He's 80 now at time of recording. Um, he still dances around like the early 20s uh, to a degree. But it's one of them, like, how, how long can you last? Um Doing shots of tequila and and playing to your audience, it's it's going to have to calm down somewhere I, along I, the line. Yeah, I was I unfortunately never saw them live like you did, Jordan, um, at the time. But I assume you know it, they 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 were living their their youths in a certain way with maybe a little bit of decorum, right? Yeah, but they're still playing like they did then now so i don't know if oasis reform 
what do you expect of them? The same sort of yeah. thing as they did when the heyday of the 90s? I presume so. But the Libertines are more punk indie, aren't they? So the yeah. the men are be falling apart. Not falling apart, but it's almost like the wheels are going to fall off at any minute. And that was the allure. That was the interest. And they're still doing that now when they've reformed. Um, and it gets a bit like a cliche. And I've said this in different um, episodes of this podcast. I'm a huge, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a contradictory, I'm always contradicting myself. I'm a huge fan of the Rolling Stones and they're pretty much just doing the same thing again and again and again, aren't they? There's a market out there. But I do think, yeah, I mean, it's up to them. It, like, I just can't see it, them spinning around and yeah, I, I acting think, like I think, hooligans no. into the 50s. No, and I don't think. But who's to say? Who's who's to know what the future might bring? Yeah, and I think at this stage, especially with current revival of indie sort of, you know, indie music, indie rock, there's, you know, there's an expectation of delivering what was delivered 20 years ago, where now probably we're going to hear something different from their latest album. So hopefully we saw a snippet of the past being done now and you see a slightly... I say aging rock band, but actually the funny thing is, George, we're looking at it as a couple of years younger than them, but we were around at the time. So, we, we, you know, we saw the fresh faced lads. We, 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 you know, we, 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 we probably, you know, dressed like them and, you know, wore clothes and, and stylized ourselves on a similar thing. And, and now they're men that probably shouldn't be doing that as we're men who shouldn't be styling ourselves on our, 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 you know, ourselves 20 years ago. So, but whatever makes you happy, Stephen. Whatever makes you but happy. I think, but I th- Wear what you but want. I think to that point, like that's that's what I do find constantly fascinating about Pete Doherty and the man he is now, and his slightly damaged Redora meets Trilby French hat and his snotty sort of tissue in his top pocket and his dirty black T-shirt that he's got like. Scuffed just below the neck. Yeah. It's, he's still, it, he's still a, he's still like, as they say, a rake, isn't he? Of, yeah. Um, sort of a mythy, a mythologized Englishman of sort of like a, he looks like a pickpocket that yeah. will, <laughs> he fits in quite well in a Dickens novel. Yeah. Um, the way and he, he did, acts. He did there and presents and himself. Yeah, 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 and also what I would say is, well, I think the twenty year twenty years ago, Pete Doherty was trying hard to present himself in line with the poems that he was reading out on, you know, uh, award shows. Where now, yeah. I, I I do think he's still trying, but there's, a, there's there is definitely a more sincere version, a mature version, maybe. Because I'm not saying Pete Doherty wasn't sincere back then, but I think you can only be so sincere when you're you know, as he used the word, you know, caning it as such. Like, I think there is, a, there's a, there's a, there's a delicateness, and also, I think if you don't like Pete Doherty from the memories of being, you know, twenty years ago, I think you will like Pete Doherty more now. I think he he comes across possibly, very, possibly. I, I, I mean. As I think you're like, warm to him, but he still doesn't have answers, for, like you said before, like. His his memory's probably poor, but that is is 
I'm not sure if... I've, yeah, okay, some people might warm to him, but I don't I think suppose... the interview technique, you don't get much out of it. Like I've been a fan from the get-go, so there's nothing new for fans. You don't learn anything new. And for a newbie to Pete Doherty, I think he just seems a bit lost. I think you kind of need to be a fan or at least know a little bit about the Libertines to get any enjoyment out of this documentary. Well, I would say, and that is summed up in the fact that it's not really a surmise of Pete Doherty's life. It's a surmise of Pete Doherty's life to date. And actually, if you fast forward 20 years' time and hopefully even against his better judgment, judgment, because he he said he won't survive, I think... Ultimately, you know, it's not the bookend of a, a story. It's just a middle part. So it's the latest version of. And I can understand why that's not attractive necessarily because the difference is with, with, with what Lou Fru is famed for is telling a story of, um, you know, then and to now, where then and to now is quite fascinating, but actually it isn't a finished article. It isn't a finished story. And actually, let's face it, you know, musicians can have 20, 30, 40 years of their later Kind of mature years, and 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 um, um, we don't know. You know, we could be sitting here in twenty years' time talking about a, another fantastic revival of, um, you know, a rock star. So I think I agree with what you're saying that it, the documentary. One thing we're we're really trying to make sure we come back to every single time we talk about stuff is, you know, we've agreed that the style of documentary is pretty lo-fi, which is definitely in keeping with Lou through, but it's not exactly. Kind of like you know, it's, there's, there's no illustrations, there's no sexy cuts and edits, and you know the, the mise en scène as we would have learned at uni, Jordan, um, is pretty lo-fi. Mm. But that's okay because we know what we get when we loo through. The story is quite interesting, but it is half a story for a man who's only really willing to tell you half of himself, and that's it is okay. That's not. It doesn't put you off it, and it's only forty minutes long, so it's not like you've kind of invested two hours of a, uh, you know, like a, a, you know, a Kurt Cobain full lifetime <laughs> storytelling. Please look back on our other podcast episodes because you'll find us um, <laughs> talking about Kurt Cobain and how yep. poor that one was. But what I mean is, it, 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 you know, it's all very well telling a story, but Pete Doherty's story isn't finished, isn't finished being told, so. In a weird way, it, it's a it's a snapshot, and that's okay. And actually, for us as fans of the, I think I do believe that he'll be remembered fondly. I'm not saying he's going to drop down dead, but even when he's older, like Keith Richards, he he will be if he keeps on bringing out albums with the Libertines and the strong albums. I think he will be remembered fondly. Um, if he if he just fades away, well, I, I, not. I, I, but if he doesn't do any more albums, I think he'll just be remembered as the wild boy um, that lost it all. Although he hasn't lost it all because he's got a young kid, he's living in France, it's looking good, well, but I, the media will treat him poorly, I believe, I think. Well, I, I, I actually think that, I don't believe this is the case and I don't believe Pete Doherty would, would do this, but... I think this is actually a really good PR spin. I think it's a change of direction. If you didn't, if you didn't like Pete Doherty, I think you will a little bit more. I think if you thought he was a bit kind of OTT of that era, I think this sees a different version of him. So, 
Again, not end of the story for Pete Doherty by any means, because we're not, you know, we're not writing him off. He's not dead. He's alive. He's he's kicking all those good things. But ultimately, it, it, it's the latest version. It's it's where he's, what you know where he's up to, and for the storytelling of a documentary, I like that. But it's not the end of the story. So maybe there's another one twenty years down the line where we see something else. Mm. And for me, that makes it interesting, but also a little bit unfulfilled because. The documentary ends on quite a nice um, entertainment piece. Uh, I wouldn't say it's particularly, you know, attractive visually, and I wouldn't say it's particularly interesting story-wise. But entertainment, the two of them dip into the uh, uh, British Channel, and it's clearly a bit of a dull day. And Pete Doherty's like, he's he's singing the praises of the day, and he's almost gone like, oh, it's the best, it's the best part of the day. And yeah, Louis yeah. going, oh. Like, what's the worst part? Like, it's just, <laughs> and you, you, you get the impression you're almost on like the, the north coast looking at the, the north sea or the yeah, Irish sea. It looks, it looks cold, cold yeah. and grey. Well, that's yeah, what X, X I mean, I'd love to try it. I just not tried it yet. But that's what um, X substance abusers, um, X abusers, whatever you want to call them. Uh, I don't like the word abuse. It doesn't really make sense. But um, they get in... I can't remember what it's called, but they get in a bucket of... Um, like a huge sort of bin of um, iced water. And that um, yeah, the, triggers... Yeah, that triggers... That triggers them for the day. And apparently that's like doing some sort of narcotic, but without doing the narcotic. So um, this might be good stuff. <laughs> so I've heard. Well, or, I mean... Or, or... All these uh, ice no, bath. No, no, no. That's the, it. The, the, ice the ice bath movement's massive, and I think it, it yeah, and, and and I think it's it's, it's actually um, I, I know lots of uh, people who, who who live the other the other spectrum of life than Pete Doherty right. on, on the fitness uh, right. uh, spectrum, and they do it every day, and it's all about like a, a almost meditation. But I think what <laughs> and I suppose that's a good way to kind of bring things to a bit of a close here because I think Pete Doherty has become quite likable by this. I think we see a glint of the past, maybe not heroin, maybe not crack cocaine, but there's definitely an individual, there's glints in his eyes when he's talking to what looks like some kind of sketchy character oh, yeah. at his hotel at this gig they've gone to. And he's like, are you, are you up for the party, lady? I'm up for the party. Like, what What have you got? And it's like, what have you got? Like, it's def that is definitely a conversation that he's had many many times before outside many many venues yeah. after many many sort of you know also before many 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 good sessions and the thing is it it's it you see that in him and i get the impression that that is what he's promised he's not going to be anymore um however i do think as we said at the very start this change character has swapped a lot of these I still find it funny that at the very start of the documentary, he lies about his alcohol in the bottle. He talks about a black currant juice, and then Louis tries it, and it's a rum. And then halfway through it, he's like having his rum, and he's almost swallowed it, and it's gone down the wrong hole, and he's struggling with it. And then that's where you lead to this health conversation. So I think there's a real kind of juxtaposition of this guy who's got a glint of the past, a glint of what he clearly... Sorry to say, yeah, he's, yeah, he's abuse yeah. Of, of drugs. I know you don't like the word abuse, but I think it's clear to see that he did abuse 
narcotics and alcohol and 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 he's weaning himself slowly off it in in a life kind of you know step down sort of way but for me it's softer it's more rounded and i never loved the pete doherty i just thought it was i loved watching that because i'm listening to it because it just felt like pure freedom i mean it's not something i want i ever aspired to be i may have been caught up in that sort of world a little bit but I just loved how poets and artists, let's just put it in an umbrella term of artists, certain artists just live so freely that they can be these sort of counterculture legends and I I just think that's beautiful. As long as the as long as they're producing the goods, as in the music, the poetry, the artwork. Otherwise, you're just another junkie, I suppose, aren't you? But yeah, I loved I loved like even like when I read about poets in, in the eighteen hundreds and stuff, and they're all like doing um, opium and stuff. I just find it so interesting that they were you need the straight laced people so you can live your life to be free so you'll always need your straight laced people so other people can be free if that makes any sense but i love i loved that about pete doherty he was the for want of a better words the injection of pure rock and roll that our country needed at that time. I also think as well, I think, and in reflection to slightly, I I don't, and you know this, we've talked about this for over 20 years, like I don't always see things the way you see from that regard, as much as I can respect the poets and the creatives of the world with regards to substance, not abuse, but substance positivity. If, you know, if it's going to get you there and it creates something fantastic, then, I understand that, but my view always what I'm not condoning no, 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 it. I'm no, not no, condoning no, no, no. it. No, no, no. I always felt I always felt with Pete Doherty it was almost a, and maybe that's because maybe I'm saying this because I kind of was, you know, in awe with similar musicians and artists that you were, who were famed for those sort of you know um, outlets as well. But I always feel like with Pete Doherty at that time, I felt it was cliched. However this documentary has taken that cliche away from me. And also, mm. I think when you're 22 and stupid, you're very different to a 40-something and lived. Like, you've yeah. lived a bit of life. And at 22, no one's lived life. And, uh, you know, we expect a lot from people in the public eye and we expect them from... Well, that's the thing. It's like people are looking for answers from a 22-year-old. It's like, I'm not saying it's like Bob Dylan. But when Bob Dylan was in his 20s and he was um, getting interviewed and they were looking for answers off him, and it's like, he's a 22-year-old. He doesn't know anything. He's a good songwriter, yeah. a brilliant songwriter. Yeah. Say it same as uh, Pete Doherty, but he hasn't got the answers. He just <laughs> he wants to party yeah. and rock and roll. And, 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 and on, that, on the whole, most people, most people, and I would probably put Pete Doherty in this sort of collective, they don't really choose it 
the media chooses it we as public we kind of we read it and feed it and then all of a sudden it's you know like everyone's taking pictures of Pete Doxy because he dates a model who's English and all of a sudden they are the new anti-posh and becks of British pop culture like that's not his fault that mm. that happened and I said this about a lot of things I've talked to my you know uh, uh, my, my friends and family about sports and stuff like it's often not the case that they choose it it chooses them and and it, that, that's an easy out but I've looked back at this and as someone who was less of a Pete Doherty fan 20 years ago because I thought he was a little bit I thought he was cliche and try hard I'm actually looking back and going actually I would have really I actually He'd be great to meet now. He's probably more my type of person now in his reflection and his little bit of pulling back of the madness. Um, but ultimately, for me, this documentary is good. It's 42 or three minutes long. It's easy. It's part of a series. If anyone is going to watch it, I don't believe there's any other... Uh, is it Storm... Musicians. No, I think Storm. I think Storm. Oh, Storm season. Storm yeah, season okay. on season one, and it's it's actually really good that because again, um, Pete Doc, um, Pete Docty, uh, Lou Fru does pull in lots of life, and again, you see, you see the life storytelling within this and others. But I definitely recommend it if you are into indie, you know, mid two thousands kind of rock and seeing where it kind of all came from. I think you are watching a character who is. You know, he, he, you know, he's he's cultivated it from that time. He, you know, he was, he was the beginning, really. I, I, I think, you know, him and Brendan Flowers moved the British indie culture forward. I know that's ridiculous for American bands to say, but like, you know, the Killers were massive in the UK and Liberty didn't they begin yeah, in the, the UK? Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. The, ki- the Killers, the Killers made their name yeah. in the UK, and the Libertines were. Yeah. They're by far that you know they they they. You know, they probably came around the same time. Anyone who's uh, big into indie music from America, like the Strokes, were probably the similar era and a similar story. But the Libertines were definitely more punk, more British, more aggressive. It was very of a time. And if you want to see where that's sort of come from and gone to, watch this documentary because I think you see this fairly sweet human being now in Pete Doherty. He may not want to be called sweet, but I think he comes across really good, <laughs> soft, delicate, lovable, like a no, no. I think, I think there is there is a there is a, a, a softness and a cuddliness to him, and you you kind of again, right. I, I, okay. I would definitely now be more than sort of encouraged, happy to give him. Well, a I, I know I, I think I think you would still want to meet Pete Doherty twenty years ago, and I think now I'd like to meet this guy because I think. I don't know. I, <laughs> you might. Oh gosh. On your, we went out a few weeks ago. Um, Jesus Christ, that was a hangover that lasted <laughs> lasted a couple of days. Uh, I'm not sure if I could keep up with Pete from yesteryear anymore. I'll tell you that much. But yeah. Um, sorry, that that was a bit of an insight into my life, life that you didn't need to know. But thank you for listening. There we go. But but I, th- I think. I- I, th- I think to that point, I think it was you know you you are you are seeing someone who's aged and kind of you know you you you're understanding it and listening to it and en- enjoying it. So definitely worth a watch. I think at this point we must wrap things up with a bit of an RBR star rating. Jordan, what you- I have seen better Louis through documentaries. 
Uh, was I a little bit annoyed that he didn't seem to do his research? Yes. Was I upset that he didn't dig enough for uh, questioning Pete and counter questions? No, follow-up questions? Yes. Every time Louis threw asked a difficult question, his large Pete Doherty's large handkerchief seemed to come out um, as a trick to confuse, <laughs> like some sort of magician. Um, that being said, it was nice to see the man, Mr. Doherty, as he is now. I think fans of the Libertines like me possibly will get a little bit more out of it than someone that has no idea about the Libertines because there is no follow-up questions when a question's asked. Uh, or if there is, it's half-heartedly asked and even less answered. Um, this being said... It's fine for what it is. We've seen better documentaries. Um, I'm going to give it three out of five. Three out of five is is hugely respect like respectful, respectful, respectable. He 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 has set something up here that I think he's allowed Pete Doherty to lead with, which isn't normally Lou Fru's style, even though he he does try and do that but it is with like a clever manipulation i don't think there's any manipulation i literally think he's just said pete off you go talk and it's almost like a piece to camera yeah but i think that's failed yeah, i yeah. think they were possibly trying something new and they i think they thought if we give him enough rope he'll hang himself he'll do something and he doesn't he knows He's obviously Pete Doherty has obviously watched Louis Farouk and he knows his well, quirks and his uh, how to get under people's skin and so he just tried a different tax Louis through and it's I think not worked. it's a compliment to Pete Doherty that you could actually just remove Louis through from this process and give Pete Yeah, and he yeah, could just be trying yeah, yeah, to yeah. anybody, really. And that, that that's my biggest disappointment because as a, a big Louis yep. through fan, I just want a little bit more. He does Try and go in a little bit at the the the, the death of the the the, the um the chap in the mid two thousands. That is probably a as a that's about as deep as he goes. And I suppose he does challenge him slightly on what he's drinking, what's that in the background, which for me is a bit soft. It's Pete Doherty. It's 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 it, it, it Pete Doherty's definitely the most renegade indie rock star of the last 20 years and you're sort of giving him a free pass however that said it's yeah. a very entertaining 40 minutes Pete Doherty carries the whole documentary for me but it could be more it, it, it definitely could be, definitely more. Could be yeah. more and I think if you if you're a big fan like we are and you'd want more if you're not a big fan and a novice you'd want but to be to be honest with you to be honest with you if I probably I know it was about Pete Doherty but I would have liked Louis through to talk to the band more, even if it's about Pete Doherty. Well, so and then and then you can present what they said to Pete Doherty, and he could watch it and say, "Oh, I didn't know they 
felt like that and stuff like that. Do you remember that basketball documentary when they were showing uh, Michael Jordan, like stuff that people had said about him and he was watching it on on a phone? Yeah, but... And he was laughing about I, it. I, I, I think that would have been yeah, quite interesting. Yeah, I, 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 that isn't... It doesn't seem to be very Louis and actually thinking back through season. Yeah, I know, but it, well, it, well, the whole thing wasn't Louis, was it? No. Because actually, I just I, 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 I was thinking then as well, Stormzy was in the previous one, and then Youngblood, who's like a, a young musician in the UK as Youngblood. well. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's like a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's very centric on them, but I feel like they al- they're allowed to be... I feel I feel that he's almost promoting the musician, not challenging them, which he's known for challenging questions. And mm. like I said, watching this series, he challenges other artists and talent from different sectors, politicians yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he does. Um, he does a really, really good one with um, Anthony Joshua, the boxer, and Catherine Ryan, the comedian. And he really, he, in my memory, he challenges them and really goes for it. Where and maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe it's just not the genre for, but yeah, yeah, the genre backdrop for him. So who knows? Anyway, three stars out of five, and very respectable and very enjoyable for you and me. And hopefully, <clears throat> excuse me, guys, um, you can find uh, entertainment enjoyment in the whole process of watching this. Um, and I think at this point, it's time to say. Good night and goodbye. We wholeheartedly enjoy your input. If you have the time, please do like, share and subscribe. And if you don't have the time, find the time. Have a good one and thanks again for listening.